When we meet Crazy Craig Middlebrooks in season six, he and Donna share the same favorite TV show. What is it? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. You can trust me because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner because I've won an award. I made my money the old fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 105 being recorded Sunday, February 4th, 2024. And today I'm going to be talking about season four, episode three, Born and Raised. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. Just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. So what's going on, everyone? How are we today? I'm a little sore. Went bowling yesterday for the first time in uh, at least a year. God, probably at least two years. I don't even remember the last time I went like real bowling. Me and uh, the girls, uh, Sadie and Natalie, my daughters, we, we do wee bowling all the time. Not like all the time, but we'll do it, you know, a couple times uh, a month, I'd say on like a Saturday night, we'll we'll do some Wii sports and uh, we'll do some bowling there. So that's about as the extent of it. But my cousin Tim, he lives about an hour away. He was in town with his family and invited us out. So we met up and uh, we went bowling for a couple hours. It was nice. It was, it was a lot of fun because, again, I haven't bowled in a long time and... <laughs> Just trying to like, like I used to have a ball and everything. I used to bowl in leagues and I wasn't great. Definitely was not like great because I was very inconsistent, but I was like a 170 average. I think when I stopped bowling, I was around 170. And one of the reasons I kind of stopped bowling was because I got into a car accident. This was about 20, I don't know, 20, what was it back in close to 2000? So it was almost 25 years ago. Uh, my wife was uh, in the accident with me. We weren't married then. But anyway, I broke my scapula, which is like the it's part of your shoulder, uh, my right scapula, which is, you know, my my throwing slash writing. It's my, you know, my uh, my good arm. That's the, my arm. I, the arm I use. I'm right handed. So anyway, uh, yeah, I broke that bone back there and. It was, I think, because I was supposed to be out for a while. Like I was, I remember like when I got in the car accident, I was in the middle of one of my bowling leagues and the doctor told me basically, it's like, you shouldn't, you should just quit or, you know, like just end the season. It's fine because there was still like half a season to go. And so I think I took like, I took like two or three weeks off and I was just like, this sucks. And I mean, like even other people in the league are like, dude, what are you doing? And I was just, I was young, stupid, whatever. So I just like fucked up my arm. And um, it's been shot like ever since. So I can't really throw overhand anymore, which sucks because I used to have a really good arm um, growing up, like playing baseball and stuff. But anyway, I have to throw like sidearm all the time. But I can like, yeah, like so bowling yesterday, it was fine because I can still basically I can do underhand 
motions, which is what bowling is. You know, you're, you're bowling underhand, essentially. Uh, so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I, I think I won the first game. Um, and then the second game, my cousin and I just started fucking around, like bowling left-handed and just, you know, seeing, <laughs> I don't know. It turned, it got like, based on the scores, it almost looked like it was like, who could, who can have the worst game? So uh, that was a good time. Um, but you know what else? <laughs> came up this week and this is this was weird this is just uh uh, i don't know Uh, something i thought someone asked me this at work and she's like hey have you ever been chased by an animal and i stopped you know and it was just like that's a fucking cool question and she's like but it can't be like a dog or a cat you know like an animal that like you live with like you know so uh, dogs don't count cats don't count whatever so i was like and I had an answer right away. It's like, yeah, I have. And there's probably been more than this, but like, I'm not, and I think we weren't counting like bees and like mosquitoes, shit like that. Like stuff that's just a nuisance that chases everyone all the time. So I got chased by a goose once and <laughs> sure enough, it was, you know, I was walking and I didn't know that because there, there must've been a nest or maybe I saw the nest, but I still like steered very clear of it. I'm not like an asshole, especially to like animals, you know, like I don't just like, oh, fuck you, like this, this is my land. <laughs> but uh, so I was like given this thing where I, I, truth be told, I don't I don't remember what the hell is going on. Either way, um, this fucking big ass goose, like it's it saw me from like 50 feet away. And it was so funny because it's almost like it pointed at me, like telling me, like, get get out, get out. And like, so I kept kind of walking so then it started walking towards me and I'm like, all right. So I'm like kind of cutting over and then it starts cutting and then it starts like running, you know, and it's hilarious. Like, cause you've seen ducks run before the, you know, pricing geese run before but when they're running at you though. It's like, it's only funny for a couple seconds because they're also hissing. And like when geese hiss, dude, that's terrifying. Uh, they're just like, yeah, geese, geese are fucking like, they suck. They're like gross animals. They're just like, they're invasive and they shit everywhere, but they're, I mean, they look like they can kick some ass. So, uh, yeah. So the, the goose, like at this point, you know, so I go, I almost stopped running. Cause it's just like, I don't know what the hell to do here. Like maybe if I stop moving, this thing will, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll leave me alone thinking I'm not a threat. So then finally it just like, it jumps up and it's like, so it's off the ground now flying, but it's very, it's only like a couple, like maybe like a foot or two off the ground. But just seeing this thing's full wingspan, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And like, I mean, this thing wanted to kick the shit out of me. It was awesome. I felt honored, actually, because I've never had an animal want to kill me that hard. At least that I know. Lucy's probably wanted to kill me many times because, you know, hey, um, she's a good sparring partner. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I thought that was a fun question, actually. It's like, hey, have you ever uh, a, one, of, one of the women at work? Uh, she had an awesome uh, answer. She said she got chased by an iguana once <laughs> or like a family of iguanas, a family of iguana. It was a nest. So I guess, yeah, they'd be a family, but that was pretty dope. And um, I was talking to my mom at work the other day. I stopped by to drop off Girl Scout cookies. Remember Girl Scout cookies? Anyone still? Yeah, they're still popular. Um, hot take. Thin mints are fucking overrated. They're still fine, but they're very overrated. But anyway, I was talking to my mom and um, friend of the show, Shelly. Uh, I was like asking them, hey, you know, anything with that? And I can't remember what their answers were. So I don't know why I brought this up, but Shelly's got a, a cat problem. Uh, she's going to have a lot of cats chasing her. There's like four cats that are like taking over her house, she said. So <laughs> good stuff. Um, 
I wanted to uh, get a rest in peace. Uh, I wanted to say rest in peace to uh, the late, great Carl Weathers. He passed away earlier this week. Man, that sucks. That really sucks because he was he was very active, actually, within like like recently he was in the Mandalorian uh, TV show, uh, the Disney Plus show, which is like the only good thing that Star Wars has done, at, at least as far as the TV stuff, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about the Bad Batch. I didn't watch that. I, I heard it was pretty good, so I won't count that. But at least the live action stuff I've seen, which it mostly fucking blows. It's it's terrible. Uh, Andor, I've heard really good things about, and I did watch like two episodes. And I don't know why I don't go back to it. I think it's just because I am I'm just not really a Star Wars fan. I feel like anytime I'm watching Star Wars stuff, it's like because I'm like Jock and Nerd, the Jock and Nerd podcast is doing like a review. So it's like, I just want to keep up with that. Or because my brother is like, just won't leave me alone. <laughs> just like, come on, come on. Come on. So, you know, I'll check things out. But other than that, I don't know. I'm a very casual Star Wars fan. But yeah, Carl Weathers, um, he's also in one of my favorite TV shows, Arrested Development, uh, as himself, as a very hilarious, like cheap, thrifty version of Carl Weathers. One of the funniest things about the show just uh, anyone who watches Arrested Development, you will know this line. Oh, what are you doing, man? There's just some meat on those bones. Baby, you got yourself a stew. <laughs> so good, man. Uh, God, I'm going to miss Carl Weathers. Because, again, even on um, the, the Mandalorian, like, he was he was kind of a cheesy character. Like, very, very similar to Billy D. Williams, uh, to be honest. Uh, Lando Calrissian. Like, he was just, like, kind of a smooth talking, but, like, I don't know, just like a harmless character almost. But I guess, you know, Lando fucks him over in the, the, the second movie. Or is it the first one? I think it's the second one when they meet him. But, you know, he turns out to be cool. But, yeah, so rest in peace, uh, Carl Weathers. Also, um, shit, he was in Billy Madison too, wasn't he? Isn't he Chubbs? Yeah. No, not Billy Madison. I'm sorry. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, what a great fucking actor. Um, all right, I'll quickly do some um, some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense, and he's fooling them. All right, so I got a question for you folks. Do you like Star Wars? We were just talking about Star Wars, so, you know, like, I kind of like Star Wars. I don't love it. Do you like Lord of the Rings? Do you like Avatar? Do you like Dune? Do you like some of the most prolific sci-fi movies ever made? Mixed in with, you know, some other other cool stuff, like maybe even like The Matrix. And I saw like Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, The Seventh Samurai, The Magnificent Seven. If you like all of those things, you will probably fucking hate the movie Rebel Moon, uh, A Child of Fire Part One, which is the new movie written, directed, produced, starring blah, 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 Zack Snyder. I can't fucking stand Zack Snyder, honestly. I love Dawn of the Dead. I love, uh, which was one of the first movies he directed, at least one of the, the big ones. And that's like, and you know what? And, I, and I, I did like 300. I like both of those movies. Other than that, I don't really care for anything Zack Snyder's done. I thought Man of Steel was okay. But yeah, 300 and Dawn of the Dead, which were two of his first movies. Let's keep those. And then honestly, I could... I'd be fine flushing every other fucking thing he did down the toilet. I, I don't understand how this guy keeps getting so much money and so much freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. So, so yeah, I, 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 I could, 
I see a tangent coming. I'm going to stop myself right now. I'm just going to say Rebel Moon. It's a new one on Netflix. It's It's got, I mean, like the movie, this is, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. The movie looks fantastic. Zack Snyder is awesome with CGI. He does a great job. However, it looks like every other thing he has done that also looks good. So you're like, okay, this looks good because that looked good. There's scenes where it's there's always like lightning, there's clouds. I mean, it's dark. Just like his color tones are always just like, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down to where everything is just gray and brown and just like depressing. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it's still like, again, the special effects look cool, but it's just like the, the color palettes he always chooses. It's like they're, they're always the same. So kind of makes you feel that every single movie he does is like in the same universe. Um, the acting in this movie sucks. Mostly the story's pretty stupid. Like I, when I said gone in 60 seconds, this movie is essentially, you have this woman, she's like, okay, we have to, so Magnificent Seven also, she's got to recruit a bunch of warriors to help, you know, basically serve as protectors to her planet. Cause they're getting taken over by this like, uh, evil warlord. And the evil warlord people, the, the the bad guys, they wear like Nazi uniforms. So it's just so like over the top, like, okay, we didn't know they were evil. So put them in Nazi garb just so it's like, oh, that's right. They're like, they they look like Nazis. So they're evil. And, and I mean, like, I, either way, um, where the, where was I going here? Oh, yeah. So the the plot. So they have to, they recruit all these people. And then, so like gone in 60 seconds. Have you seen that movie? The trailer was awesome. There's some fun stuff. There's some great acting. There's a lot of great lines, a lot of quippy lines and stuff. But Gone in 60 Seconds, like Rebel Moon, is essentially 75% of the movie is getting, like, the team together. And then the last, like, 25% is, uh, well, the the wrap-up of the movie and then also, like, the cool whatever the fuck is going on. This movie has some cool action scenes, but they're just all, they don't make it, they're all, like, the, we 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 show up on a new planet and it's like then you're fighting this gigantic fucking spider woman thing um not gwen stacy not spider woman uh a spider uh a spider woman of shit anyway uh don't watch this movie i mean like if you're interested if you want to watch it if you like Zack snyder you'll probably like this fucking movie but i think it sucks i think it's a terrible movie um, I, I, I don't know. I could talk about this for a while. I'm excited for the jock and our discord coming up in a couple weeks. Cause I'm sure we will talk about this. So anyway, let's talk about, uh, parks and rec. Let's do that. What do you say? All right. My notes here. Yeah. I'm old school. Here we go. Season four, episode three, born and raised directed by Dean Holland, written by Aisha Muharrer. Here's your cold open. We start off at WVYS, which is the Wampanoag County Public Radio Station. We're introduced to Derry Murbles, who is played by the legendary actor Dan Castellanata. Now, I understand if some of you are unfamiliar with who that is, because you're probably like, wait a minute. I know that name because I've seen it written out so many times. Yep. Dan Castellanata plays Homer Simpson voices homer simpson and many other voices from the simpsons so that's the thing when you see that you're just like because everyone has watched the simpsons before and it's like dan castellanata that's why i know him yeah he also did uh he was in one episode of the office too so i like that he did both of them in the office he was in uh, i think it was the last episode of season eight 
when Andy ended up kind of uh, getting revenge on Dunder Mifflin, or at least Robert California, and he swooped in in a really, really hilarious scene because uh, Dan Castellanata's character, he's playing like the boss of this company, and Andy, it's like such a huge deal for him to get in. His secretary's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or she's like, do you have an appointment? He's like, no, I'm so sorry. And she's like, eh, that's okay. He doesn't really have that many meetings. And then he, this is like the CEO of the company. He opens up the door and looks out. He's like, is someone here to see me? And she's just like, yes, this man. Like she has no idea who he even is, but she just sends him in. It's such a funny part. Yes, this man. So anyway, uh, Derry Murbles though is a recurring character on Parks and Rec. He is in, he's in at least two episodes. I'll put him at two, but he might be in three. And he plays, uh, like I said, he plays Derry, Derry Murbles. He is, uh, he's filling in for someone. I like that. He's not even like the actual guy that should be interviewing Leslie uh, for her new book. She's got this new book about uh, the history of Pawnee and uh, it just got published and she's just kind of wants to talk a little bit about it. But uh, back to Derry Murbles real quick. He just, um, he has this voice that is very, um, well, well, kind of pretentious a little bit, but also very annoying. Um, kind of like that. So I mean, that was like, I think that was a pretty good Derry Murbles, if you ask me, if I got to compliment myself. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it's just, it, it's funny and uh, we'll see him again. We see him like in the merger episode uh, with, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Augustus Clementine or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you, you, we don't have to get into that now. So anyway, um, yeah, but uh, back to Leslie's book, she's got a bunch of interviews in there and it's just, it's like a history of Pawnee. So all right, so then we uh, we move over to the parks office where Leslie has given everyone their own personalized book with its own inscription. I love that. So like April gets the book and she just like flips open the first page because Leslie's like, you know, I wrote inscriptions in there and she's like specifically handing it off to April. And we see that like April starts flipping through and she's like, what the hell? Like Leslie has written like five or six pages. So like her inscription is actually more like a letter <laughs> to, to, to April. But and then it, it's hilarious. So then Jerry's just like, mine just says get well soon. And, you know, it, you know, Leslie's just like, wait, aren't you sick? He's like, no, I'm perfectly fine. So I just love that, which it reminds me of the, recently when we saw uh, Leslie handed out the things, uh, the papers, to everyone. And Jerry was just like, why does mine say you have a nice butt or you have a cute butt? He's like, why is only mine? So I like that. Yeah. Jerry's like kind of like calling Leslie out. So uh, we find out that Chris uh, is a speed reader. This is actually a hilarious scene uh, because he tells Leslie he's already read the whole thing. Like he really loved it and it's only been an hour. So, okay. Chris tells us that, and this is, this is so funny because this is just so ridiculous. I actually, I, I had to do the research here. Chris tells us that he can read over 3,000 words a minute with full comprehension. Okay, so to put this into perspective, the average human reader, like the average reader, so like you're, you're not like behind, you know, but you're not a speed reader, obviously, about 150 to 250. So, I mean, it's a big range, 100 words in there, but that's, you know, so uh, anyway, 3,000 words a minute. Okay. Also, I read that it is humanly impossible to read 1000 words a minute. <laughs> so I just love that. They're like, you know what? We're going to say that Chris can read 3000 because why the hell not? And uh, it, it's awesome. So 
Uh, yeah, also, uh, I have to point out, too, that his hair still looks awful at this point. So to, to go back to that, because I um, was listening, uh, you know, I, I just li- hearing a little more about that, that, yes, he was wearing uh, hair plugs or no, it wasn't hair plugs. He was he left his hair long because it, it was for like a Lifetime movie or something like that. OK, but like, why didn't they just they still though? Why didn't they do his hair? Why did they just leave it all messy and shitty? Like, it looks terrible. I, I hate it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so then just uh, just as they're, they're kind of wrapping that up, Tom Haverford literally comes jumping in. He just like kind of from the side, like pogo's in and he's doing what he does best. Now he's just tossing around Entertainment 720 swag obnoxiously like he was doing the last uh, two episodes, I guess. Leslie asks him if her book was chosen for Joan Calamezzo's book club, because as we know, Tom and Joan have a very weird, almost scandalous, almost sexual relationship. However, nothing has ever really uh, reciprocated beyond just kind of like weird flirting and maybe like rubbing up against each other. So um, anyway, yeah, we find out that Joan has a book club. And if she puts her seal of approval sticker on any book, it immediately becomes a bestseller. Leslie shows us a terrible book called The Time Traveler's Optometrist that uh, apparently was just like completely unreadable, just like a terrible book. Uh, Joan put a, the sticker on it and boom, it said that it has uh, been the number one seller for four, for four years, actually, which I don't know if they meant to do this because Leslie tells us that Joan started the book club four years ago and then says that the Time Traveler's Optometrist uh, wow, Time Traveler's Optometrist, I'm guessing they did that on purpose, has been the number one seller for four years. So either that was the very first one she did, or there aren't many of these, or maybe there's a bunch, but that's just been the longest. Who knows? Uh, Tom tells us, though, that he's not sure because there are rumors that Joan found a factual error in the book, which everyone immediately agrees is nonsense because, you know, it's Leslie Nope, the most thorough person alive. Uh, just to be safe, though, she has the Parks crew all go through the book to see if they can find any mistakes. She even sends Jerry to hit the road and re-interview everyone from the book. So it's a great scene where she's like, Jerry, you got to get out there. He's like, I'm on it, boss. And he talks about how he had plans and he's going to have to like miss his daughter's birthday. But it's just like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. And she's like, I got to go to Muncie and uh, Gary and like all these uh, other towns. So Jerry's going to be out there like all day. It's hilarious. So, but you know what? He's a team player. He's team. Nope. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm going. So we head over to Ron's office. He and April uh, are working together on this, but you know, so they're just like kind of working together, but also scanning through the book. And then all of a sudden, April's worst nightmare comes to life as Ann Perkins comes walking in, telling them that Leslie has assigned her to work with these two. Uh, her high energy, though, is too much for April and Ryan, <laughs> April and Ron, sorry, as they both prefer silence. So she's just kind of trying to like chat with them and they're just like, mm, like ignoring her and just uh, she goes to sit down next to April and April just points over at the bench in Ron's office like, no, sit there. Uh, now we're at the Pawnee Community Access Building, which is where Joan's show, Pawnee Today, is filmed. Tom and Joan do their usual awkward flirting, but Tom still doesn't know Joan's secret about Leslie. Quickly back to Ron's office and vows to get at least one minute of conversation out of the two, as now they're mostly just straight up ignoring her. Now we're on the air at Pawnee Today, where Joan asks Leslie about her book. Joan teases Leslie about putting the sticker on the book before revealing to us that she has insider information that, uh, folks, this is a, like a mind fuck right here. Leslie Nope was not born in Pawnee. What? 
oh my god this is insane so i imagine this has got to be like mind blown like bizarre for first time watchers of the show like wait a minute no 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 okay we're gonna we're gonna skirt through this like there obviously there's gonna be an explanation here no big deal yeah folks there is an explanation uh but leslie's born in uh, in uh she's not born in pawnee okay uh, she denies, uh, Jones claim though, Leslie, she has, she has no idea what the hell is going on here. She is completely dumbfounded. Uh, however, Joan brings out the gotcha dancers, which is hilarious because, uh, Joan also has a gotcha stamp that she puts on things. And essentially that's her way of being like, Hey, I almost got you on the show, but well, I didn't mean to say it like that. It's like, we have you on the show. Maybe you're going to get the sticker, but boom, gotcha. You're not getting anything. So then the gotcha dancers come out and it's just like, it's like four like gorgeous women. They come out like in like, like spandex, basically like they, it looks like an aerobics video. And they're just like, Jones gotcha. She's going to get you. It's like a hilarious scene. And like Joan, uh, she's like singing along with it. And actually, if I'm sure you saw it, if you, when you put this episode on this morning, but look at the thumbnail I picked. It is such a funny scene because it's like this exact moment where Joan is telling Leslie gotcha. And you just look at Joan's face as she is just laughing, basically saying, fuck you ha ha to Leslie. And Leslie's face is just sheer, like embarrassment slash terror slash wait, what? It's so funny. I mean, like, just because Joan just hates Leslie so much. So anyway, uh, just a fun fact about the gotcha dancers, actually. Uh, the one that is in the back left is uh, Alexandra Daddario from True Detective and some other stuff, actually. She's a very good actor. She's also gorgeous. All right. All right. So then uh, Leslie has Tom and Ben stay with Joan to try and get that sticker. While Chris and Andy go with her to do some damage control. Actually, I shouldn't say Andy. I should say Burt Macklin because uh, if you'll remember uh, from season three, episode 13, the fight, Burt Macklin died. Or at least that's what his brother Kip Hackman told us. Because remember, that was uh, the infamous snake juice episode where Burt Macklin apparently just drank himself to death. So uh, he's back, though. He tells us he's going to be helping us uh, figure all this stuff out. And uh, I, I just love that. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Burt Macklin has been alive the whole time, so we don't need Kip Hackman anymore. All right. Uh, back to Anne, April, and Ron. They stop doing research after Leslie calls, but Anne is still determined to get real conversation with them. So even small talk will work, she says. But yeah, so uh, this is when Leslie just... So at this point when they found out supposedly what the problem is, you know, with Leslie not being from Pawnee, she called over and she's like, all right, guys, this is what it is. So you can stop doing the research, you know, like we figured it all out. Uh, back at the studio, though, Tom and Ben decide that they're going to take Joan out to lunch to try and persuade her to give Leslie's book that sticker. Now we're at the bookstore where Leslie tries to read an excerpt from her new book. Uh, so there's like a, a crowd there. It's basically like a book signing. Uh, there's a bunch of the citizens of Pawnee there, which is great. Uh, so she, of course, doesn't even finish one sentence before the citizens uh, really lay into her and accuse her of being an outsider. Uh, red-faced man, we all know him. He's the one that's constantly, no, I'm not mad, Leslie. You know, the guy with the glasses. Uh, his name uh, is actually Mel, I believe. The actor's name is Mel Cowan, I believe. But uh, yeah, so he starts yelling at her and there's a really funny like back and forth with them because uh, like he calls her an outsider or something. And then she says something back. And he's like, that sentence doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's really funny. But yeah, so it gets as far as like someone saying that she might as well be from China 
China. Uh, so Andy being security, though, or I should say Burt Macklin, rushes Leslie out of there as the crowd starts to get unruly. It's hilarious, though, because, like, Leslie's never in any danger, but, like, Burt Macklin's just, like, so over the top. Like, even he's rushing her out of there, and she's like, oh, my God, like, rolling her eyes, probably already regretting, like, picking him. But at the same time, knowing that it's like, these people are insane, and it probably is going to get, like, nuts if I stay here. So it's very funny. Uh, we're back over to the lunch with Joan, uh, Tom, and Ben. We find out that Joan is getting divorced from her husband, Santino. She is also getting super drunk and very inappropriate. I have to point out here that I love just, I, I love that, like, they're there. They're trying to do, again, they're doing damage control. They're trying to get on Joan's good side, but Ben just does not like Joan. And I think, actually, I kind of love it. I never really thought of that now. Ben, like, I just don't think he likes Joan, one, because she sucks, but also because, like, she's so mean and cruel to Leslie, and maybe Leslie never shows that, that that she doesn't appreciate, you know, Joan doing that, because Leslie obviously, like, admires the hell out of Joan, but, yeah, like, for instance, Joan's trying to tell us, she goes, you know, one time I was at a mall, and Val Kilmer told me that I was beautiful, and she's, like, trying to just have, like, a fun moment, you know, and Ben's just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that never happened. Like, he says it to her. It's not, like, under his breath or anything. He just says it right to her, and then she's kind of like, well, like, has to kind of backtrack a little. But then uh, she also makes a bold statement to Tom saying that things have changed. Don't make any promises promises you can't keep. Because Tom, at this point, he's still trying to, like, kind of seduce her a little bit to get that sticker. But she tells him, uh, Tom, like, all this flirting and shit we've done, don't think I've forgotten about that because now that I'm single, mm, like, I'm not fucking around right now. So, uh, she's basically telling him, like, all the flirting has paid off and, like, she wants to bone. So, so then she's just like, I'm gonna get up real quick. I have to go powder my nose, among other things, if you know what I mean. Like, it's so funny the way she says it. But then what is funnier in what might be my favorite scene in the episode, because it's just so like, I think it's great acting. And I don't even know if this was in the script where she walks away and she bashes into like one of the like the server tr like carts or whatever. Or maybe it's a um, it might be just be another table or a chair that she smashes into. But it's so funny because. She leans down and she says this all sexually to Tom, like, ooh, like, I'm going to go powder my nose, among other things. And then, bam, smashes into the, and it's so funny because she, like, keels over because she hits it fucking hard. And she's just like, oh, damn it, and walks away. And then this is one of the greatest lines from Ben. He just goes, dude, is she going to go powder her vagina? I'm telling you, if you think this is funny, Find the blooper reel for this because watching Aziz and Adam try to say do good try to get through that line with Ben saying that to him is absolutely hysterical. It's just it's one of the funniest scenes, but it is so funny watching uh it just Joan, of course, like completely spiraling out of control, which she does many times on this show, but it's like she's Joan Calamazo. She just she denies everything, like even if it's like there's proof of it, but it's just awesome. So um since Tom's like always talking this big game, though, he's naturally scared that Joan's being so aggressive. So he asks Ben to bring up some nerdy conversation to kill the mood, which is hilarious because Ben's just like, you know, Tom, you always talk about nerd stuff. And uh, now, now that nerd stuff is, is part of the zeitgeist, you're actually outside of it. And Tom's just like, yes, that's exactly what I want you to talk about. So it's awesome. Uh, quickly back to Anne, April and Ron. Still no luck with either one of them as Anne is only up to four seconds with April and nine seconds with Ron. 
Uh, Elf, if you are watching this episode, you get a shout out from April at approximately 11 minutes and 50 seconds. You can go and check on that for context. Uh, back at City Hall, Leslie talks with her advisors, William and Elizabeth, who tell her that 68% of Pawnee voters think that Leslie's lying about where she's from. She shows them her birth certificate. However, it doesn't work because all it says is Wamapoke County, which isn't specific enough. She has to go to the county records office in Eagleton ugh, to get an actual certificate. All right, so she begrudgingly heads there with Andy and Chris, but is denied and told that it takes three to eight weeks to receive one. It's so funny. Bullshit like that. You know, because you think like how 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 some things work. It's like you can literally go on my phone. And, and this is yeah, this is 10, 12 years ago. I don't know however long ago this episode was filmed. But like even back then, if the stuff was on file, it's like, OK, can you just print that out? But that's just like how like some government buildings work. And it sucks. Like when my wife and I like, you know, just like, for instance, and again, this was like God, 15 years back, but just getting like our marriage marriage license. Why does it take so long to come in the mail? It's so stupid. It's like, send me the email like instantly. Literally, all you have to, it's a template, is it? Like, I understand the stuff, like once it's processed. Okay, so I mean, like, is that what takes so long? So stupid. I don't get it. Why isn't there just one person that sits in the corner and it's like, hey, you saw this, right? All right they have all the documents. They're getting married. Cool. Boom. Stamps it. 10 seconds later, you're done. Yeah. I just hate how stuff works like that. Yeah. Three to eight weeks. Yeah. But anyway, that's showing my age. So uh, really, really funny, Chris, because uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's an eagle tuned woman and she's not being like snobby or anything. She's being very like proper, though. However, it's funny that she's like, oh, welcome to beautiful uh, Eagleton. And that's when Leslie tells her like, hey, she's like, slow your roll. But she doesn't say anything like condescending or rude or anything. However, she's not going to. She's not going to make any, um, you know, uh, she's gonna, not going to do anything special for them to get this thing quicker. So, um, like I was saying, Chris comes over and it's just funny because he just smiles at her for like, like a good five seconds, just a smile, like a wonderful Rob Lowe smile. And he's like, my name's Chris. He's like, do you think there's any way that maybe, you know, you could get that file for me? And she's like, no, sorry. Doesn't even like think about it. And of course, so he's just like, Oh my God. Like he's, he's like, he can't believe it that he got denied because it's all, it's like a very cocky moment from Chris actually, but he kind of is cocky actually great. He's very confident and he tells it like it is, but yeah, this is a moment where he's like, wow, that like always works. And just the fact that he's like devastated that it didn't shows that, yeah, he gets what he wants a lot. So, all right, where are we at? Okay. Uh, however, that's not going to stop Burt Macklin. Uh, he sneaks back into the records office to try and get that certificate. This is like another dumb Andy scene, but I think it's hilarious. Just, uh, the, the physicality here with Chris Pratt, how he comes like, boom, like bum rushes back out of the, the back office there with a marker. And he's just like, Leslie, how do you spell your last name? And he's like, so intense. Like he doesn't know how to spell. Nope. Like he hasn't been friends with Leslie for, you know, like four or five years. It's just, it's, it's so hilarious. All right. Uh, back at the restaurant, Joan is now completely hammered as she is belting out, let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> Such a funny scene. And then she finally sits down and like people are clapping for her. But yeah, you know, Pawnians love Joan. She even tells us that in the, the debate episode when she introduces herself, I love it, as legendary news actor, news anchor Joan Kalamazo, but I just, or legendary newswoman. I just love that she calls herself legendary news. Anyway, 
So at this point, she wants to take Tom and Ben home, but obviously that's not going to happen. However, the two decide that they're going to take her home as she's just in no shape to drive. So it's like, not like, Ooh, we're going to take her home. They're just like, shit, we have to take her home. Uh, (laughs) Really funny too, because she's just like, she leans over into like both of them and she's like, I'm going to take you home and boop and bend you over and boop. <laughs> it just goes for like 10 seconds. And she's like, <sighs> she's like disgustingly hammered now. So, but yeah, they, it's, it's actually, it's Tom's the one that's kind of like, dude, come on. He's like, we can't just leave her here. You know, like all, all of like the, the fucked up stuff aside, he's like, she's, she's really like, she's in no shape to drive and we can't just leave her here. So um, it is, you know, they do the right thing. So then we cut to her place and Tom and Ben are carrying her into her bed. Her room is amazing, though. So I assume like the rest of the house is, too. I would love to see Joan's house. I think we see. Do we we might see because in that uh, that that Parks and Rec uh, special episode, the COVID one that came out after the show was done. She did like a small part, like a remote thing, and it might have been from her home. It was probably from, you know, obviously Mo Collins home, but um, I'm sure she's got a nice place, too. So I'd have to look on that. I don't know if they ever show um, her house other than just this spot. But um, so she's got like nude paintings on the wall, too, of herself that look very similar to the ones of Jessica Wicks in season two when uh, with Turn Turnbill or Turnstile Mansion, whatever it is. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, the one that uh, they're trying to take down. I'm sorry, I might be wrong with the name there, but uh, yeah, there's the, the the nude paintings of Jessica and um, Bobby, or no, Nick Newport. Sorry, senior. Um, and then also uh, we we do see a painting. There's one with Joan. It's the last one they show when Tom and Ben run away because she like kind of comes back to life. She's like, and they're just like, ah, oh, they try to get out of there before she can see him. But there's a painting on the wall and it's her like it looks like she's on like a chaise lounge kind of but she's in like sexy like lingerie kind of with like a nightgown on and that is actually it's not the exact same picture but you can tell it's probably from the same same photo shoot or whatever that we see later on in the series i think also season seven actually when her book game of jones comes out and it's uh, the same picture on the front so it's pretty funny uh back at the eagleton records building burt macklin has found leslie's birth certificate Oh my God, guys, she was fucking born in Eagleton, Eagleton. Leslie Nope was born in the place that she hates the most. Like for me, it would be like if I was born in Wrigley Field. That's where the Chicago Cubs play, if you're unfamiliar. That would be hell for me. That would be me just like, oh, like, like finding out I was adopted, something like that. So to get confirmation, Leslie asks the iron of Pawnee. Uh, if you remember, she is the iron cock shredder of Pawnee. Marlene Griggs. Nope. Excuse my language there. If you're just like, what is he talking about? Go back to that episode, uh, the banquet. I think it's episode, I don't know. It's in season one, but you find out what uh, the rest of Pawnee calls Leslie's mom, Marlene Griggs. Nope. And it's the iron cock shredder of Pawnee. So anyway, Leslie goes to her mom and asks, she's like, mom, what the hell is this? Was I born in Eagleton? And Marlene, after a little bit of hesitancy, sorry, says, all right, yes, it's true. And Leslie's like, what? Like, she's devastated. And you know what? So are we as fans. We are devastated to find out that Leslie was born in the awful place, Eagleton. 
Marlene tells her, though, that the Pawnee Hospital was overrun by raccoons at the time. And she just she couldn't find a way to tell her. She actually points over. She's like, how could I tell that girl there that she wasn't born in Pawnee? And it was a picture. I love that Marlene actually has in her office of Leslie when she's a little girl. So, yeah, I like this is this is a little more. I mean, like she tells her bad news here, but it's still like she's trying to be like, Leslie, come on. Like she's trying to, like, tell her I'm sorry. Like, I didn't tell you because. When we when we were first introduced to to Marlene, she was like a little eh. she wasn't like the nicest character. But I did mention that, though, that she was going to get better. And um, yeah, she does. She's not in a ton more episodes. She's only in a few more, but um, she's a good character. So the next day at work Anne shows up and gets the usual silent treatment from her uh, kind of work partners, Rod and April. But today she's got an idea. She starts making up an over-the-top story about an accident at the hospital that immediately draws April and Ron in. So everyone in the universe enjoys a good hospital story, says Anne. And she's right. Because, yeah, when she starts talking about, oh, my God, it was just like the worst thing that could ever happen. It's like, wait, what are you talking about? And then Ron and April, they start asking, like, specific questions like, wait, how? And then it's just really funny um, because it's one of those things where Anne's like, Oh, and then they pulled the knife out or whatever. And April's just like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about the knife, you know, and uh, it's really funny. So then Ron's just like, that's a great story, Jennifer. And then he tells us he's just like, you know, because he calls her Jennifer and they walk away and Anne's just all confused. Like, what the hell? Like, I thought we were connecting. However, Ron just tells us that whenever people are getting too chummy, he um, he likes to call him by the last name just to kind of let them know that he actually doesn't really care about them. And I like that uh, he didn't have to break another coffee pot for this one, because if you'll recall, that's why he started the whole thing and got the whole parks department into a fight after he accidentally broke the coffee pot because he said, I was getting a little too chummy around here. What a guy. All right. So Leslie starts to worry about the ramifications of the information getting out. But Chris gives a nice little speech about how none of that really matters. Like the fact that Leslie's from uh, Eagleton, because he tells her that she is the most Pawnee person that he has ever met. And all that matters is where your heart is and basically like where you were, where you were raised because you know, that's, she was born in Eagleton, but she, she never lived there. I'm sure right after she, she came out of the hospital, she just, she's been in Pawnee her whole life. So uh, Joan lets Leslie back onto her show to clear the air. Joan completely hungover. It's like she looks hilarious. And I've talked about it. Like the people on this show when they're hungover look so funny. Like, so she's just, she's like, oh, I, I must have had. To. And this is another scene that I love where, where Ben just like kind of like gets another dig in at Joan because I like that she comes in and she thanks Ben and Tom, like for getting her home. She's like, you know, I, I had some bad seafood. And Ben's just like, oh, yeah, that must have been what it was. Again, saying it right to her face. And she just looks at him again, kind of like, who the fuck are you? Like, I don't like you very much. Like everyone else in this town loves me except you. So that's kind of funny, actually. And I kind of interesting. I'm not going to get into a deep dive, but I just thought of that right now. I kind of like the fact that I, and, and, you know, not everyone, like, you know, like Ron Swanson, like, I think he respects Joan, you know, he knows who she is, but when he's on her show, you know, and even with the blue stuff, it's not like Ron's like giddy about seeing Joan. Like everyone else treats her like a celebrity. Even April loves Joan. She tells us later on in season seven. But yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I would like to have an episode, an episode, an episode where Joan, Calamezzo, and Ben just kind of, because um, he gets a lot of shit from her with uh, the coming up this season, actually, because like we've we find out 
that uh well, well we know already that ben has you know the stuff with partridge where he was the mayor you know the ice town stuff but a lot of that starts to come up because ben becomes leslie's uh, campaign manager so uh joan actually does she takes a lot of digs at ben too but he, he he's pretty good at firing back so it's pretty awesome all right so yeah leslie she just comes off in her interview with joan she tells the truth she's like yep you guys were right i'm sorry i was born in eagleton i didn't know that uh but and she just kind of reiterates what chris said and she just talks her way which is funny because like you think most of the Pawnees or the the yeah they'd still be like we don't care you're still in eagleton ah and like they try to lynch her or whatever but uh she tells us she's like you know what she starts kind of giving examples like what about pawnee what's so great why she loves it and everything and then she introduces us to uh, one of the cameramen named jim kabernick jim is one of actually he works at uh the pawnee the station you know so he's one of jones cameramen and uh leslie's just like yeah that's jim you know like we went to grade school together and da 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 and then so another camera goes over to him and he's just like all uncomfortable he's like yeah that's true you know like yeah i've known leslie my whole life you know she's she's great da 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 so then she but it's funny like she kind of like goes on this she starts explaining too much about this guy that's really embarrassing it's kind of funny but it's also like all right you're, you're going on too long but uh the only reason i'm mentioning this guy is because we do see him in actually three more uh two more episodes a total of three and it's in the same role he is just this camera guy however he gets a, a few roles in and like i said before i'm gonna pretty much uh introduce everyone by name if they've got like at least you know two episodes or if they're you know a celebrity obviously so uh yeah he went to school with leslie and um you know so she gives us impassioned speech and then just like we kind of see a, a little voiceover as we see the parks department celebrating with a waffle party uh because leslie's book finally made jones book club all right uh this is actually uh just i kind of pointed this out because this is the only time in like the last two episodes and i feel like we haven't even talked about it uh we get a quick shot of ben sadly looking over at leslie like just one of those because like she's very happy right now you know like she got the 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 stamp of approval on her book um and you know looks like everything's going well again like she's the the voters will probably get back behind her again however there's still this thing with ben where they had to break up and it's like so for the last couple episodes we haven't even like really talked about that it, it was definitely like it wasn't even mentioned last week so i like that and nothing is said but i just like that ben we they, they they tell us it's like hey don't worry that's still there like ben is not over this and it's not done so i like that it's cool just got to keep it fresh in mind so tag of the episode all right so you know who we haven't really seen in this episode? Donna, obviously. We haven't, uh, just because at this point, Donna and, John, Donna and um, Jerry are still not really established as, uh, you know, their, their, their background characters still. But remember Jerry, uh, he, uh, he was told by Leslie to go off and interview all those people from the, from the book and re-interview everyone. Yeah. So he's still working on that because no one called him and told him that he uh, could stop. So Jerry is like running around and he's like, Hey guys, sorry. I just, I came home. I wanted to get my lunch, wanted to stop in. I missed my daughter's birthday yesterday. So Jerry's been doing this for like over 24 hours. He finally ran in quickly so he could just like take a quick break. And it's hilarious. And he's just like, Hey Leslie, uh, before I go back out, is there anything at all I need to know? Any information you want to tell me? And Leslie is just, her face is so funny because she is just like, she has a look of confusion a look of embarrassment and a look of just horror like 
how is he going to react when I tell him that he could have stopped doing this like 12 hours ago? So she tells him, nope, everything's the same and just sends him right back out on his way. Oh, man. Like, Jerry is just such an awesome, he's just such a team player. He's such a great guy. And, you know, it's like shitty what Leslie did. And especially like Donna, she looks over at Leslie to kind of give her like a almost a judgy face. However, Leslie's like, I, I don't know. I'm so sorry. He just looked like he was having such a good time. And Donna's like, I didn't say anything. So it's kind of funny. So like we, we do find out, you know, as the show goes on that Donna and Jerry do get very close. So, I mean, maybe Donna is like, I mean, she's when we see God coming up in the episode where they're doing the the letter fillings when they're uh, the envelope stuffing and you find out Jerry's been doing the wrong ones for like 10 hours. And then he's just like, well, I guess we got to start over. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, like you could see like Donna, I think maybe this is another situation where she's like, I think he's probably enjoying himself. So I'm not going to say anything like I bet he is because he, he loves doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, so it's just kind of um, a great tag, actually. But yeah, we forgot about Jerry and then he comes back and you're like, oh, man, she never she never told him. And then she still doesn't tell him. So and he says, too, he's like, I re-interviewed everyone and their their interviews were the exact same. So it's just like him even knowing that it's just like everything like I don't need to be doing this. It's yeah, it's, it's great. So. All right, so on IMDb, this episode is sitting at an 8.0. My thoughts? It's an okay episode. Some funny parts in there, but um, yeah, I mean, nothing. I mean, like the best part about this episode, I think, was kind of like the last third, which was just uh, the Ben, Tom, and Joan out to, to lunch was the funniest part. And then them having to get her back. Uh, a Ron and Anne pairing. That was kind of nice to see just because we don't see it very often. Even Anne and April, we don't see very often. So the three of them was good. Uh, the crazy reveal, like literally, this is a crazy reveal that Leslie is from Eagleton. I mean, it's like played for laughs, but you're still just like, wow, that's kind of cool that they did that. It's bold. Uh, we got to see the citizens of Pawnee yell at Leslie, which is great. Um, when she was doing her uh, book thing, <laughs> so funny. She's like so excited about this, and then yeah, the, of course they start yelling and being jerks. And uh, of course, we get the return uh, slash rebirth, I guess, whatever, of uh, Burt Macklin. <laughs> so uh, hell yeah! And um, all right, so that is going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to contact the show, citizens of Pawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. Next week, I'll be covering Season 4, Episode 4, Pawnee Rangers, which is, I believe, the introduction to Treat Yourself. So, hell yeah. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation Podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Donna and Craig love the show Scandal.